0: Okay, here's the deal. We're so happy that you're watching here with us today. <laughs> Virtual high five. <laughs> a
1: real high five. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in on one space? It's beautiful. <sighs> Do us a favor, let us know you're
0: watching. Comment below, message us, of course, you could send us a prayer request. You can also smash that
1: like button. Yes, that's great. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've Mm. been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 915 and 1045 on Sundays. We'd love to meet you.
0: Thank you for your obedience to God's word with the giving of your tithe, your time, and your talent. Because of that faithfulness, we were able to get behind this brand new church that kicked off just last week in Frisco, Texas. Over 400 people attended and eight people gave their lives to Jesus. How cool is
1: that? It's so cool. If you are looking to give, head to our website, text any amount to 84321 to further the vision of Echoing Jesus in Rochester and globally. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo Sunday, Sunday service.
0: service. Yes.
2: <laughs> you brought me
0: to one. Where
2: my past get me swept away
1: and focus on the name of Jesus this morning. Let's lift up our praise together as one today. You with me? today and worship your heavenly name king jesus father those words it says your name is like honey to my lips your spirit is like water to my soul and when i read those words father i picture myself dying in the desert and you come like honey on my lips to nourish my soul and water for me jesus to keep me alive we wander about all the time in a wilderness, and we don't have to. We have the living water, Jesus, right with us all the time. We can tap into any second. So as we sing this chorus one more time, I want you to just really go there with me.
3: Your name is I call me on my lips. Your spirit.
1: lights in Egypt he can do it for you he can be a lamp unto your feet he can bring nourishment to your body to your soul in these dry times lean in and taste and see that the Lord is good on this next song we're about to sing I believe that a move of God is coming upon the church bigger than ever before. And Father, I just pray over your people this morning. Pray that you would start here at Echo and you would move on us this morning, Jesus. We pray that your spirit would flow this morning. Peace like a river, don't wash over me. me in water as deep as the sea hide me in love healing embrace peace like a river wash over
4: revival, God, revival starts in our hearts, and I just feel just a sense of immediate, immediate obedience right now, God, that you will revive us, God. I pray just as in act of obedience that we just close our eyes and lift up our hands right now, God, in the act of surrender and focus, God, and we just ask for you to make way. God, you are a reviving God. You are a God who renews our mind and brings us back. God, reviving means renewing. Reviving means restoring, God. And I just pray right now for you to restore broken relationships, for you to restore broken dreams, God. I pray for you to make way in our homes again, God. We give you permission to come in, God, to our marriages, to our relationship with our kids, God. I pray for those that have strayed God, and those that have walked through the doors today who are depressed, God, who need a renewal, God, and I just pray that you will make way that revival starts with us. I pray against this being an inactive season, God. I pray that this is an active season of us being activated to the calling that you have for us, God. I pray for you to activate us in the way it is to live for you, and I just pray for every single person in this room, God. I pray for purpose, that surpasses all understanding in all situations, God, that we give you the glory, that you are a gracious God, and you have an overflow for us, God, that you will quench our thirst, that you will quench our addictions, God, that you will take things that are not of you where we can give you the glory. We can give you access to all things, God, and as things are being named in this moment, God, I pray for that immediate obedience for us to surrender it all to you, God. Thank you for reviving us. Thank you for breathing life into us, giving us purpose that is eternal, God. Let us live for something bigger, God. And as we kick off just this series, let us position ourselves to learn, to grow, and to give you the glory, God. In your name, amen.
5: To be here at least. Come on, okay, there we are. I think we're all nervous or something. Hey, we're starting a brand new series uh, uh, that, that is, is, is resonating on leadership, and, uh, and it's back to the school of leadership, and uh, you like my backpack, everybody? Uh, and uh, I got the big reveal at the end, you should anticipate that, uh, but uh, we're, we're starting a, a series uh, that will focus on, on leadership. And um, and the way I really want to start today is just simply uh, reading this one scripture. Romans eleven twenty nine says this: God's gifts and His calling is irrevocable. I-, I just feel the need to look at every single one of you, in person or online, and just remind you today that you are a leader. I'm not sure if you believe that, but you are a leader. You're called to be a leader. God, does, uh, God will not take back that which he gives. Now, with this leadership, um, really, collection of talks over the next few months, uh, I just feel like I gotta start it like this. I just have to admit something to you today, right now, just throw it right on the table. I am an insecure leader. I just am. (gasps) Uh, That's my awkward laugh. Uh, And I did sense that there's some insecure leaders here in the room with me today. I don't know if you're anything like me, but it's not like I feel like I should be teaching on leadership. I don't feel like I've quite arrived. In fact, I feel like I, I've probably you know, more hang-ups and issues uh, than I do have wins from time to time. And, 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 and yet, I, I, I understand, although I may not feel uh, exactly up for the task at hand, God has called me. He's positioned me for this opportunity. So it really doesn't matter how I feel. It's about what I believe God wants me to do. Can I hear an amen? And so, as we look into this leadership concept, I just need it to begin to seed within your heart that God has called you to be a leader. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. It doesn't matter how far along in your career, or if you're working for someone, or a bunch of people are working for you. It doesn't matter if you're a parent or uh, or a student or a child you are called to be a leader every one of you you were born to lead and some of the questions we need to ask is this is is uh, is how will you lead are you equipped to lead do you have the tools and the tips and talents today to be the leader who God has called you to be And, and let me just say it like this over this next few weeks, I just want to continue to ask, what's in your backpack of leadership? What's along with this journey? And, and I want to do this together, regardless of whether our, what our condition is, our emotional state, where our mindset is with the leadership, whether we feel we're capable or not. I just want to go on a journey. And, 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 and honestly, I want to just keep throwing some tips and tools Whatever might fit into that backpack to be the leader that God has called us to be. Can I hear an amen? Now, the goal of this uh, series is this, is I want to understand biblical leadership. There are a bunch of different ideas of what leadership is and what leadership isn't. But I want to take the next few weeks and just lean into this idea of biblical leadership. And I want to equip us to lead like Jesus led. That's what I want to do. I want to lean in and say, Jesus, you are the greatest leader that has been on this earth. And if we can glean some of your wisdom, some of your actions, some of your words, we will become a better leader for today. Uh, I, I want to make you aware of a, cute, a couple of resources that have been helpful for kind of the prep work and and some of the study I've, I, I realized in this um, preparation of the leadership series is i've read a lot of leadership books and i have a lot of notes and i have a lot of books sitting on a well it's not on a book shelf now it's now in the storage unit until we find a space (laughs) to put all that but uh but what i recently leaned into is two books and and i would love to all for all of you to pick this up on audible or order it from amazon or your local well who knows do we even have a local bookstore here that would sell these books (laughs) Probably not so but uh, uh, but I would love to encourage you to lean in and begin to learn because I believe that if you're a leader, you're always in the process of learning and and, and just a, a little bit uh, a, a, something you need to know about these books is is it's definitely in the context of Ministry, but let me help you understand ministry. So a lot of you, when you hear ministry, you think of the church, you think about what happens on Sunday mornings or a Wednesday afternoon or evening or you know something like that. And I would just tell you this, is yes, although that is ministry, the vast majority of that ministry that happens is outside of this room. It's the ministry that God has called you to do in whatever context you find yourself in. And so I'm just telling you, I know you're smart enough to, to read these books and go, oh, when I read ministry, I, you're not just thinking about the church and its happenings. You're thinking about the things that God has called you to do. So please pick up those books, as you can see on the back of me on the screen. These are great, great books. But on to today. The, this is the big topic for today. Can we find a healthy balance between achievements and ambition, and achievement and ambition. If we are a leader, then we have goals, hashtag goals, right? And we want to go to a certain place, and we want to achieve something. And the question is this, is how ambitious should I be along the way? I think if you're being honest with me, you've experienced really healthy leadership, and from time to time, you experience really unhealthy leadership. And, and, and what I want to do is turn leadership onto you today and say, what is the health and what is the balance of what you want to achieve and, how, and your goals that are at hand and the ambition and the desire and the passion or the lack thereof in your life? This really message today is for the overachiever and the underachiever and those in between. It's, it's for the driven and the unmotivated uh, 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 to, to help us figure out what the balance might be. So as leaders, we lead, and and if we're going to lead, then we should, I think, evaluate how we're leading in certain ways. And so here are some good questions to just start off today in light of achievement and ambition. First question is this, is how slow should we go or how fast should we go as a leader? How about this? How far or how close or how reachable are our goals? The things that we want to achieve. How about this? P- as parents, how hard do we push our children, or how flexible should we be? And those types of questions, regardless of whether you're a parent, or you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're a CEO, you're a manager, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, nine to fiver, barista, say you're on the sales floor, you're a student. We've all got to step back and to evaluate how we are leading and who we are leading. And I need you to understand this is regardless of who you are on that list of people and if you're on that list or off that list, whatever you are, uh, we are called to lead up, we're called to lead down, and we're called to lead together. So, I hope I've made it very clear. You are called to lead no matter what, no matter who you are. So, let's ask that question What is your ambition level, and what do you want to achieve? What I love about scripture is it's full of ambition, it's it's full of goals, it's full of achievement. So, let's lean into the book of Philippians today. If you have your Bibles, open that up. If you have your uh, iPhone, Uh, or your android or whatever it might be uh, your nokia flip phone whatever it might be open up the philippians 3 and uh, we're going to lean into what paul writes the philippians now i need you to hear this because i'm going to come back to paul just in a moment paul is the one who's writing this letter to the specific people of philippians but again paul is the main thing i want you to hear Philippians 3.12 says, not that I, not that I, Paul, have already obtained all this or have already achieved my goal, okay? You can see it right there from that first verse. There is some achievement, there's some goal, and there is some ambition. And you can hear it in this way. He says, but I press. I have an ambition to achieve. I, I, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind me and I strain towards what is ahead. And this is the, this is the last verse in verse 14 I want you to really, really lean into with me. I press on towards the goal. Now let me, let me just pause here. That word press on is also interpreted in a number of different scriptures Uh, in this way, to run swiftly to catch, to seek after eagerly, or to persecute. So when he writes the Philippian church and the people within it, this portion of this letter, he's got that in the back of his mind. There, there has been a time in his life that he has pressed that he had ambition to move forward to, to seek after something eagerly and he also has had a goal in mind and, and, and again he revisits this this you know and at this point a healthy version of Paul and and he says I have this goal to win a prize which that which is the thing that God has called me heavenly word in Christ Jesus? Which I, I want to go back to that first scripture I read, Romans. 11.29, that same word for calling is the same word that's used in Romans where it says God's gifts and callings are irrevocable. I, I want to pause here and, and just resonate on this idea that that word irrevocable means, th- is, means this. God is, it does not regret giving you a gift and putting the calling that he has on your life. If you really dig into that word, it means that he would not repent for that which he has given you. He will not take that back. And again, this is a reminder. It doesn't matter if you're anything like Paul or you're far from it. God has put a calling on your life and he refuses to take it back. Unfortunately, some of us, we downplay our leadership. We downplay our effective Nature or our ability to lead anything, anywhere. So what we see here in Paul is this, is he has full of achievement and he's full of ambition. And and I get this idea in Philippians, it it seems to be a really good balance of it. Let me connect the scripture to this. In Acts 22, verse 4 through 8, it's, it's Saul's conversion story. And if you, you know anything you about Saul, Saul's eventually changed, his name's changed to Paul. And I think in part because who Saul was and his achievement and his ambition is simply different than what Paul's now goal and achievement is and his ambition in life. Let me just read this so you understand what was going on prior to his conversion. In verse 4, it says, I persecuted the followers of this way. He had so much ambition, he did that to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. I mean, he was a leader and he wasn't afraid to achieve his goal. He, He wasn't worried about your feelings. He wasn't worried about what you were thinking while he was preaching like I do all the time as an insecure leader. He was moving forward, and he was going to do what he felt he needed to do. And there was a lot of carnage along the way. But listen to what happens where God interrupts him on that really misbalanced achievement of his and and really this misplaced goal and ambition. In verse 6, it says this, this is him writing, he says, about noon as I came, to, came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me and I fell to the ground and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And which he replies, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I am Jesus of Nazareth who you are persecuting, he replied. What I love about that word usage is this, is it is this intense, eager Searched. That's what Paul did. And and you know what I think Paul was doing or what Saul was doing at that very moment is he was trying to replace that, that balanced, healthy leadership that God had called onto him into a misplaced achievement and misplaced goal and really unbalanced ambition to accomplish something that would make his great name amongst his peers. The word is persecution here but truly Saul was running swiftly to catch and to achieve what he had in the forefront of his mind so leader it's everybody in this room what are you trying to achieve what are your goals what are the, the things that, that, that captivate your mind and, and, and the things that drive you uh, let me tell you, there's two things I want to talk about Paul. Number one, Paul, as I'd mentioned already, he had ambition, ambition and he, he, he wanted to achieve. He had ambition. To achieve, and and and, and uh, as Brad Lamannik writes in his book H three Leadership, uh, the three key words are humble, hungry, and hustle. We see it very clearly. Saul slash Paul, he he had this desire, he had this hunger, and he had a hustle. But what we see in his leadership approach, and and the things that he produced, was murdering and hunting down heretics. That was the product of his leadership. So, what is your balance of achievement? And do you have a healthy ambition in your specific leadership context? I really like this book, Lead, by uh, Paul David Tripp, and, and, and he talks about, specifically, he leans in and starts teaching about achievement and how it, he says achievement is good. We all need to achieve. We all have to, you know, that's kind of how we're dr- driven. We're written. We're, we're wired. Uh, but but uh, at the same time, achievement in the context of your job or in the context of your leadership and in the context of ministry can be, become dangerous in certain situations. And he, he has nine of them. I don't have time for nine, but I have time for two. And I'm going to tell you number eight and I'm going to tell you, tell you about number six. Number eight, when achievement becomes dangerous. Achievement becomes dangerous when it becomes the principal lens for evaluation. Leader, are you hearing me out? If you as a leader are evaluating the effectiveness of your leadership, primarily on achievement, you are in the danger zone. And I'll tell you why. If you as a leader look at your, the product or the goal and you reach it, and you do it relatively fast, and you do it with ease, or, or there's this, this great moment of celebration, whatever it might be, then what it can lead you to is pride. And I think a lot of young leaders fall into that. A lot of self-made young leaders, they get to this place of achievement and they're like, man, I have done this. And what happens is the past, Paul talks about not looking to his past, but looking forward. The past begins to propel us forward and, 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 and if it's a place of pride, it's danger. Now let me tell you on the flip side, if you tried to achieve something and you failed, then defeat sets in. Insecurity sets in, as I've already kind of mentioned, and if that's the same place we don't. And our achievement, if that, if it's the primary lens, um, it, it, it really sets us in a, a, a dangerous place. Uh, Paul David Tripp says this: ambition and achievement are battlegrounds and minefields. We have to be careful. Do not just let achievement be the sole lens for evaluation. Number six, uh, people, uh, danger, the danger of achievement is this, is people can become obstacles. You know you're in a danger zone when the people you're working around or the people you're trying to lead, they're just obstacles. Parents, can I hear an amen? <laughs> you're trying to do something. Come on, come on. We, can, we just, can we just confess we've all been on our phone we're trying to finish, finish a text message and our kid is starting to ask questions. You know what I'm saying? They become obstacles and we have to be careful and understand that leadership is is, is so important contextually and what we're doing and the people that are around you, that they're above you, below you, or beside you, they are not obstacles. They're truly tools to be sharpened around you. I like what Paul David Tripp says. I like saying his name. You know, it's... That's really cool. So uh, he says this, Achievement has the power to change us, to change who we think we are and what we think we are capable of doing. Sadly, achievement can turn humble servant leaders into proud, controlling, and unapproachable mini-kings. Let that one sit in a little bit. We have to be careful that that, that in our pursuit of leadership and achievement and and managing our own ambitions, that that we don't get to this place. We don't move from this place of humble servant and and we become proud, controlling, and unapproachable many kings. So here's some applications for the leader in the room. CEOs, managers, business owners, Uh, a down year isn't the end all. It doesn't make you a failure. Well, you have to make, make sure that, that 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 your role isn't something that you take personal, and then when you fail uh, or you don't achieve what you wanted to, or your you know your 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 uh, your spreadsheets are down the mountain instead of up the mountain, that all of a sudden you become a failure. How about this, business owners? Your employees are not the problem; they are your responsibility. You're not just hiring people to do the job for you. You are hiring to do the job with you that you can sharpen them as a tool, as I said, not just be used. How about this moms and dads in the house? Achievements and goals, we have those for our our kids. And, And I would just say it like this. Clean houses, yes, they are important, but they're not as important as your children's hearts. Children, can I hear an amen? Kellen, that was your opportunity. Teacher, teachers in the room, we love you. Let me just say it like this. I feel the spirit was directing me to say this. The kids that are making the most distraction may, you may feel like they're an obstacle, but maybe they're the best opportunity for you to do what you're called to do. Easier said than done. (laughs) All of this is easier said than done. I don't feel like I'm telling you anything you don't know already. I just feel like God is calling me to remind you that you are a leader and we have to keep our achievements and ambitions in check. This is the second thing I observed about Paul. Paul still pressed on and aligned his achievement and his goals with his calling. When you follow Christ, it doesn't mean you put your ambitions and your achievements to the wayside. What you do is you frame up your ambitions and your achievements with the calling that God has on your life. Achievement and goals are necessary. So what are your goals? But please frame up your goals with the calling that God has on your life so then when you get to the sales floor, You see the sales floor in a whole new light. That yes, you're selling, but you're doing so much more in the process. You have the ability to help people around you. When you, as a leader, you're worried about growth. Yes, you should be. That is something that you want to do and you want to achieve growth, but have in mind the calling that God has in your life. How about this families? Culture. As leaders, we are called to curate culture around us. When was the last time you wrote down on a piece of paper what type of family you want to be? How you want to sound? How you want to act? What you want to lead? And then have that infused within the culture. That is what we do as leaders. We, as leaders, we're called to care and we're also called to influence. That is what Paul ended up stepping into when he began to balance ambition and his ambition was passionate i mean we're here today and we understand scripture in a certain way because of his ambition and because his spirit's leading and uh and i I like what uh brad Lamanick says in the age three leadership, he says this, and he asks this simple question within one of the chapters. He says this, how's your ambition appetite? It's a good question. How's your ambition appetite? He said, develop a hunger for, for what is next. And then he says this, this is where I think this is profound. After all, if you're not hungry, you're not healthy. And if you're not eating, you're not living. Healthy appetite work Healthy appetite work produces a desire to achieve. So happy appet- appetite produces a desire to achieve. It should produce a desire to grow, to perform, and to do one's best. And it will begin to yield a healthy job environment, your ambition, correctly managed. It should, it should begin to uh, yield healthy relationships, and it should reveal healthy work-life balance. And unhealthy, it's the opposite. Laziness, stagnancy, ineptitude, broken relationships, high turnover and bad reputation. If you have that type of fruit in your life, you should, it should be able to help you gauge whether or not that your ambition level is at the right space. Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, I love it, work it with all of your heart as if You're working for the Lord and not for human masters. My ambition doesn't come from paycheck. It comes from trying to please and use what I do as worship to the Lord. And verse 24 says, Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ who you are serving. So there's a number of people in this room that you might not claim yourself to be a leader, maybe you just say, well, I'm a nine-to-fiver. I just do what I am told. <laughs> Some of you are sitting in positions, and you're not quite the, maybe in the leadership position that you want to be, and you're sitting back, and you're kind of complaining, going like, why don't I get this leadership opportunity? I want to help you out. I want, I want to help you out to be a better leader that leads up. Here's a few ideas for the worker. Practice as if you're a starter. So Brad Lamanick says in H three, practice as if you were st- uh, if you practice as if you are a starter. If you want to be in that starting position, you don't start practicing when you get there. You practice to get there. And whatever leadership opportunity you want to step into, man, it would be transformational for your future opportunity if you started hustling today in the positive way. Okay. Here's a question when it comes to to wanting to be the leader that God has called you to be. Is your mission and your ambition and your goal bigger than your paycheck? Is your mission, your ambition, your goal bigger than your paycheck? Because I'll tell you what, your paycheck will never be enough. You will never be satisfied with what comes into your automatic deposit every other week. It will never be what brings you to the ambitious level of of Christ working through you. And so I would just tell you this, stop complaining at work. Be the leader that finds the problem and fixes the problem. Be the leader that God has called you to be. How about this? John Maxwell uh, says this, there are no traffic jams on the second mile. If you want to be the leader that God has called you to be, then guess what? step up and find that healthy ambition that God wants to place with in you there are a number of different leaders in this room contextually you lead in so many different ways I can't name them all but one thing that I want all of us to get to is this one idea that we're not quite the leader that we want to be did you get that we're not quite the We're not quite there. We're not the leader that, 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 that we would like to be or we hope to be. There are some achievements that are in front of us that we want to get to. There are some goals that are in front of us. Maybe our ambition, ambitious level is a little bit low. And, and, and I just want to give you one sticky point today. One thing that would just resonate in you that in the midst of this series that we can kind of go back to this. Because I think a lot of us would like to think that this is just all up to, to me. Like, I got to get to this place. I got to become this good leader. And, then, and let me just leave this one thought with you. Lord, lead me before I lead we. You may not be the leader that you want to be. But may we just admit that we're that insecure leader. That we're that leader that has failed in the past and we need some help to move forward. That our job is not done. We've got some lessons still to learn. We still have to, to maybe figure out what God has in front of us. But may we lean into the Lord to lead us. I'm telling you, the best leaders are the ones that learn to follow first. So, Lord, lead me before I lead. We. Problem is, some of our backpacks are full today. Not much would fit in the backpack more than this BK European snakeboard 1997 European Championships baby. <sighs> oh, I didn't really talk much about this last hour, but I won this championship uh, competition. Well, I was in uh, London, and I was happy because I won. I was like, I'm always like the first loser, you know, second place, so this is how I am. But uh, but I won this particular, and they handed this to me, and I was so happy, but then I realized I had to bring this back to America. (laughs) Achievement is not what, you know, what you all think it is. But there's a lot of people that you've had some past achievements, and if it's not achievements, maybe it's past failures. And your backpack is so full, you can't fit in any more tools. You can't fit in any more tips. You can't fit in any more opportunities for God to do something in and through you as a person. And I, I, there's this one scripture, and I'm gonna go through it really quickly, but First Timothy 3, there, there is a, uh, this is really the chapter where it really focuses on, like, if you're gonna be a leader in the church, this is how you should Look. But let me just tell you, these are really good leadership principles. And these are the things that we should be putting in our backpack. We should take out our, our past successes, our past failures, and we should start throwing all these in as we go through our leadership journey, as we are trying to be in the leader that in whatever context we might be. So in view of biblical leadership, this is what the author says. So the Holy Spirit wants us to take away today is as as be a leader, we should be above reproach. Can I bear with me? This one, this one takes a little bit of creativity to understand it, what I'm trying to get to. Husband of one wife, okay, that doesn't fit for everybody. Self-controlled, sober-minded, drunkard, uh, violent, quarrelsome, respectful, hospitable, able to teach, lover of money, manager of household, uh, recent convert, and a good reputation. Now, let me let me just help you understand these in a very practical sense in leadership. If you're going to be a good leader, we've got to be honest. If we're going to be a good leader, we have to be committed. If we're going to be a, lead, a good leader, we have to be self-controlled. And, and let me help you break those, thing, those four down. Sober-minded, drunkard, violent, quarrelsome. It means we have, be, uh, we have to be self-controlled with our mind. We have to be self-controlled with our appetite. Which, by the way, there's a number of appetites we have in our life. We have to be self-controlled in our... In our Physical reactions and our emotional. We're going to be the leader that God's called us to be. We've got to be respectable. We've got to be hospitable. We've got to be able to able to teach. Okay, okay let me help you on that one. You know, who the best leader is is the one that has been taught. So pick up some of those things, throw them in your backpack. Lover, uh, do not be a lover of money. You have to be generous. You have to be one that serves. Managing the household, God has called you to be a faithful leader. Uh, what about this recent convert? You have to be maturity. There is something to just maturing through life stages, and then good of reputation, good reputation. And Lord, help some of us today. <laughs> oh Jesus, we need your help. I've I've said too much. Now we invite you to say, Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. Lead us, Lord. Lord, help us. Take the things out of our backpack that, that are weighing us down. And may you today, by your spirit, begin to fill up our backpack so that we might step into our leadership context and be the people that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Oh, forget the wonder of how you brought Deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found, you found me.
0: The series and the opportunity to grow and know you more through a tool like leadership. God speak to each and every one of us every single week so we can take one more step towards being like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I've been thinking this whole second service about the idea that there are times in my life where I'm the underworker and there's times in my life where I'm the overworker. And I think it's interesting to be challenged in a way through a tool that maybe is calling us where we're at right now. Because there are seasons where we're doing everything, and then like 20% too much. And maybe we're not the person we're supposed to be for our family, or we're not giving our all in other areas. And then there's other seasons where we've pulled back too far. And I'm just really excited about the next few weeks and being challenged by God to find our place in that balance. Uh, There are seasons in your life where working more is necessary, putting in the effort more is necessary, and there's seasons in your life we're pulling back is necessary, and just trying to, trying to gauge those things. You know, as a kid, I thought everything was black and white, and I thought there was always a right answer and a wrong answer, and the further I get in my faith, I realize we're trying to find our place on the spectrum of overwork and underwork, right, or whatever else it is, whatever those things are, and I just am excited about what God's going to do with us uh, over this series. You know, at Echo, one of the things we do every single week is we say a prayer together, and it's really just an opportunity to take a step, recommit, Be reminded. And my biggest thing is, it's the reminder that the weight of the world is not on me. There's a song by uh, Maverick City that talks about not letting God down because I was never holding him up in the first place. And I think it's a nice reminder that we are not doing this alone. So as we say this prayer, if you've said it a lot of times, and maybe it's become a little common for you, let's use this as a time of reminder that the weight of the world is not on our shoulders. Is say this prayer with me. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate with some people today that maybe said that for the very first time. Also, shout out today. Way to be on time for service, guys. You guys did amazing. I'm really proud. You know, we get some people that were late at the 11. Now we got people that were here early for the 10:45. I'm just proud of you. You guys did amazing. Let's celebrate those that were two things that were on time. And also, I want to celebrate those over here for the first week. Come on, proud of you guys. Yeah. Now, one last thing: as you're walking out the door, is this? It's it's table community time. And I really think one of the biggest mistakes we make culturally is that we think we can do things alone. And the reality is we can't do much alone. And I just want to challenge you. Find a group. Find something that's interesting to you. I was talking to Andrew about his group that's going to do biking and cross-country skiing with like, that have wheels on them. I didn't really even know that was a thing, but I found out it was a thing today. And I just, there's a group out there waiting for you to find your people, to help you find your place and to find a purpose that makes a difference for the kingdom. Don't hesitate to do that. Echo Church, we love you. We appreciate you so much. We can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week, everybody.